Welcome back to the More Love podcast. Today we're sharing time with Kerry Hummingbird from Texas in the USA. Kerry has a great deal to offer everyone with her depth of understanding how we can be truly connected to our lineage, our gifts, and be of service to others whilst flourishing ourselves. Kerry and I use a slightly different set of words to describe the experiences and knowings that we share. So for continuity for my listeners and so that Kerry and I can begin where I last left off, I'd like to recap on the meaning of the term note just very briefly, which I'm often, you know, talking with people about how very normal these um, experiences are as we have this human experience. So a note can be anything from, oh, hang on, I should say it stands for a non-ordinary transcendent experience. So it just means something out of the ordinary. It can be a deja vu. It can be a really powerful dream. It could be a uh, near-death experience. It could be um, any of the clairvoyant or clairaudient or clairsentient experiences. Um, It could be an unexplainable knowing. Um, It could be in the zone playing a musical instrument or even even as an accountant in the zone, you know, getting work done and and, um, just feeling in the flow. So it's a really broad term that covers a great range of experiences that gives us the ability to encompass and, and discuss a lot of things that are hard to discuss otherwise. So that's why I like to use it. And I know Kerry is well equipped for talking with us about these things. So Kerry, welcome. Welcome to the More Love podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me uh, as a guest. I appreciate it. <laughs> me too. So um, how many people do you think are having these note experiences? I think a lot, I think everybody has them. They just might not notice that they're having one. They might not know how to define that. But I think that um, in terms of more intense experiences like this, I think that more and more people are waking up to it now. I think the, the frequency of the planet is changing and this is allowing us to access different parts of our consciousness that maybe previously were harder for us to access in more density. And so now is like the the frequency of the planet, the whole planet is changing. We're all shifting with it because in fact, we're made of the planet. So we're we're made of the, all the materials of earth. And so as earth changes, we, we inevitably change. We have no choice. We are changing. So I think a lot of us um, are having these experiences and some people are having pretty radical experiences and other people are just having gentle experiences. And I, I don't, really know why that is except to say maybe it's just part of that person's um, curriculum this time as they're on earth. Mm, I think so too and I think um, more and more people are are feeling the change and that beginning you know the very first stages are are the ones where people begin to ask more questions so their minds are being opened to the possibility that there is a meaning that's layered outside of their physical experience. And I think it's also recognizing that the thing just happened. Like part of what uh, helped me to start opening up to this was I, I 
I followed some synchronicities. I had some friends connect me to some paths, right? So I said yes to that. I went to yoga. I said yes to that. I, I thought, okay, this guy's a spiritual mentor. I don't know what that is. I'll go talk to him. Okay, I'll say yes to that. And then, and then I started saying yes to uh, this shamanic teacher. And now this is where it got interesting because I said yes to a game he played with spirit. Like he played this game called Morning Messenger. And the game is that you agree to spirit. You say, okay, spirit, whatever your word is, God, source, creator, universe, Allah, I don't care. What, it's all the same thing. So just whatever word you want to use, just put that in when I say spirit. <laughs> and he said, okay, spirit, I, every morning I'm going to sit and listen and you send me a messenger. And I will then be with the message and see what I feel about it. So I said, okay, that sounds like fun. And now one day when I early on, when I left my house, I didn't sit. I did not sit and do the thing. I just had to rush off because I have kids and I had to take them to school. The minute I opened the door, I walk outside, a dragonfly literally hit me right in the face. Now, I could have just ignored that. I could have said, ah, that's just, you know, some dra it's a coincidence. A drag but when you're in the flow, when you're in the notes, you know that that's a message. It's like, oh, this thing like flat out hit me in the face. How many times does anybody have a dragonfly actually just fly right into your face? It's not a normal thing. So I looked it up and I got the messages. But see, this is where it's like people are having the, they just may not recognize that it's experience of the divine. Mm. And I think too, I really liked how you use the word fun. I've talked with other, um, we've brought this up in the podcast before, you know, the synchronicities and the coincidences that aren't coincidences, of course, um, and the serendipities. They're so much fun. They really are. It's like I started realizing by playing that game in particular, and I just invite everybody to play that game. Go ahead and play it. I mean, what's to stop you? Run the experiment. See what happens. That's what I love about shamanism because shamanism really in its essence is about running experiments and seeing what happens. It's about realizing that you could interface directly with this thing we call God, you know, spirit, whatever. We can interface directly with it. And it's like, wow, this is cool. And not only are the messages like outside of you, but they're inside of you too. So like a little pain in the neck or like, you know, your tummy rumbling when you just, something just got said and then your tummy rumbles. You know, all of that is, it's all part of this game I'm talking about where it's like you step into the magic. And once, once, that, once you realize that that's happening, it's like, wow. I mean, I'm never, ever alone. This consciousness lives in me. I actually can't escape it. It's part of me. I am it. So I'm immersed in it. And this is like, so is everything else. <laughs> so it's the coolest thing to me now. Yeah, absolutely. Did you just say I can't escape it? Yeah, like you, like a lot of times people think, like, I don't know, I used to think I was so alone and separate and, you know, and there wasn't anybody here and it was just me and I was all by myself and I had this idea that I was completely alone. Now I have the realization that actually you're never alone and you can't even escape it. Like, <laughs> so you're so not alone that you can't ever be alone. You can never escape it. It's, you're, you are it. So how can you escape it? yourself you can't you're it's like we're all connected in this wonderful phenomenon <laughs> that's happening you know I mean what other word can we use I really like that and I, I completely agree the reason I asked you to elaborate on that little bit is because not many people talk about it and I think 
you know, it's such an important point when maybe, you know, people probably talk about it by using the word surrender because there is no escape. So you are essentially surrendering. But I, I actually prefer to talk about it in terms of <clears throat> that no escape because then you just, to me, it's more an embodying. You, you become part of it and you embody it and it's, uh, I, I just find that a, I prefer that terminology to surrender and like curl up in a ball on the ground kind of a thing. <laughs> like, okay, I, I surrender. Yeah, well, pause up in the there air. is a little white flag sort of, you know, part where you go, okay, well, I guess, I guess I can't leave or stop or, you know, so you just have to be in it. And I, I, but it's, also fun. Like, it's this, fun to be in it. It is, but you know, for a while when it's really uncomfortable, like, it can be, it can feel uncomfortable for time to time and you can want to escape that. And like suicide might seem like a good option for that. And then you realize when you come along this path a little longer that, well, even that isn't an escape. Mm. Like, cause then you just come back around. So you're right back in the body. Like you actually can't do that. It will work temporarily, but then you'll have to face that action and then you'll have to come back again. <laughs> so there is this way that you finally do just have to surrender to like, there's no escape like this. We are in this. And that can feel a little claustrophobic the moment you realize that. But then if you just relax into it for a little while and realize that this is actually like a very benevolent, loving experience, mm. it's like, okay, then I can relax into this really benevolent, loving experience and allow myself to experience something new that I didn't even realize I wanted, but I really do want once I actually have it. Mm, well said. Yeah. And it's connecting to our true selves, isn't it? You know, it's connecting to who and what we really are. So it gives us the opportunity for complete self-expression in its proper, truest, most loving, creative and benevolent way i'm looking for a word that sort of says community you know when we express ourselves from our purest self we're benefiting everyone yeah and once yeah and i would say that it's like um i guess what causes the resistance to it is fear that like you'll just stop existing or something mm -hmm. like i remember a lot of one part along the journey i thought well, if I embrace this, then I'll just poof and disappear. <laughs> like I thought maybe my whole body, everything might just go poof, you know, and just disappear. It's a, is a very irrational thought, but there, those kinds of thoughts come up and then it's like, oh, when I realize, no, it's not like that. It's like, it's like expressing as you actually. So like this soul or this aspect of you that's bigger than you, it's created you and you get to be expressed as like this energy comes through and expresses as you and then you get to you get to be part of this orchestration that's happening on the with other people and in your family and in your environment and in the world it, it's now when you allow that process you're part of this seamless unseen invisible yet ever-present orchestration and organization symphony symphony yeah that's already harmony. organized for you mm. and then you realize that a lot of the um when you're in that flow and you're allowing that to happen then you realize that every you don't need to 
force things actually to make things happen. But see, that's what we're coming out of now because our brains have been trained to think that we're doing it and we're all alone. And we're like, you know, Hercules lifting the freaking boulder up the mountain. Mm. And we thought we had to do that. And that was a lesson that we learned, you know, an experience we were having, but we're changing experiences now. So this is that, that shift. So to, we got to put the boulder down and go, okay, I am too small to lift that boulder. And I'm not even sure I'm supposed to lift that boulder anyway. So, you know, like, why like just let myself be expressed as, and then see what happens. And usually it's way more fulfilling mm. when it happens. So would you say that note experiences are the, like the bridge in a way or the, the, transformative experiences that take us from that um, I've got to carry the bolder life experience to the I'm living in harmony and um, synchronous flow life experiences and there's a heap of notes in the middle that you know I mean it's messier than that but I do think there's a heap of notes in the middle and I think they're all little bits of encouragement to let go Mm. it's like because every single time you get one of those notes and you pay attention to it and you follow it and then you get a little bit of grace. You get this little tiny bit of grace, like a little sip of grace, like, you know, like a little sip. And you're like, oh, that's actually good. I like that sip. Okay. And that was fun. And I enjoyed that. And so then you get another sip and then you're like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. I dig that too. And so the more you do those, the more you're just encouraged to just keep sipping. You know, it's like, okay all right, I can go along with this. Mm. And then you start to realize through doing this that you're actually more safe Mm. in that flow than you are in this other bolder reality where you thought you had to make it safe and then you're constantly stressed out because you realize you can't, like some level of you, you know, that you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) So, you know, because really you don't. And, but you try to pretend that you do. It's like the world of pretending I know what I'm doing. I have all the answers and, you know, just look at my reports that I've extensively and look at my PhD and all of this stuff. I'm totally in control here. Look at this. I'm completely in control. And then you walk around kind of arrogant, you know, like, because you have to put on this show that you have it all figured out when you actually don't know crap and you know, you don't. (laughs) So you're just making that crap up. You know, really, even scientists now are having to really admit some things like COVID has been great because (laughs) the doctors and the scientists are all kind of like scratching their heads because they all disagree with each other. They all are seeing things from a different perspective. And it's like for the first time, they're like, wow, we're all full of crap. None (laughs) of us know what we're talking about. (laughs) So I think it's like the great reveal. It's like, okay, ego. I mean, there's not, you know, I don't want, I don't like use that word as like a derogatory. It's kind of just, you know, because it's like, there's, you know, the ego, we created it, right? Like when I say we, I'm speaking now from the soul place. Like we created this experience so we could have it. Mm. And, you know, we needed some, we needed to create an, uh, a suit to put on to have this experience, right? So don't blame the suit, you know? I mean, if you don't like the experience of it, then that's really a soul matter. You know, we, we designed it. So if you're not happy with it, then don't criticize the suit. Criticize, you know, and, and anyway, none of this is worthy of criticism. This is all just like a, an experience we're having, you know? So, so anyway, we're moving from the, the identification as the suit to the identification as the thing that makes the suit breathe and walk and talk and, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that you know because when you see somebody die like when I saw my dad die man that was a powerful experience it was like here was my dad in his body laboring to breathe just like really struggling 
and in the hospital and whoo, you know, and we're all kind of gathered around like, man, he's going through some rough stuff and we don't know how to, you know, what we're going to do. I mean, he's, he's, he's only got one quarter of one lung and all of this is going on. And, and then the moment that he was listening to my mom talk to the doctor, like really anxiously, like, I don't know how to take care of him like this. And what am I going to do? And all these things happening. And my dad, I could feel my dad just let go. He was like, I'm not going to do that. And then my dad's body was there, but my dad was not there. I mean, he was in the ethers, you know, I could still feel him, but he was, he was like a poof of light just went. And then my dad's body is there, but my dad is someplace else. And the body's not moving anymore. It's earth. It's, it was, it was animated by my dad's spirit. And that's the uncomfortable truth that we all have to face at some point is that this thing we feel and touch and see and listen to, and it can make sounds and move and it does all this stuff going on and blood going everywhere and all, you know, this is temporary. It's temporary and it'll end, but we don't end when it ends. We're still around. We, we exist. We're always this, this peace. And even like this existence, like this, like Carrie Hummingbird, because I have been created, I am now always so. Because time is irrelevant. Time is a, is a fictional construct Hello. for this experience of temporariness. And it, it's on a linear timeline that's bogus, but only relevant for this dimension and so really i will always be forever Hmm. and that's cool you know so we are immortal in that way too even this suit even this temporary suit that i slipped on and called call it carrie hummingbird is immortal it will always be here because it's been created it'll always be hence so there's no why fear And hence no escape. Yeah, no escape because once, which puts a little extra pressure on things. It's like, wow, all the choices we make and all of this. But then that's where the magic timekeeper comes in because then you, this is the land of, you know, what I'm about to share is really about the indigenous teachings. Like we can always, because time is so fluid and because the experience is so fluid and because everything is make-believe anyway, and it's all like a dream or something that's happening that we can feel and touch and experience that we can actually recapitulate. We can go back in time and we can change the, the things like we can change our perception of things. We can heal ourselves in past lives because they're not really past. They're happening right now because everything is in the now. So we can heal that in the past and that sort of like affects us now. So we, we actually, it's all a piece of art. We, the whole thing could be changed and molded and shifted and it's beautiful actually. Mm. Would you share with us one of your note experiences that helped bring you into this understanding? Yeah, I have a really beautiful example of which I think I'm going to share one that's physical because that will relate for people who are like, this is too esoteric for me and I do not understand it. So let me give you a physical example. So I uh, was on a three-day retreat solo in the woods, and it's kind of like um, a vision quest, but like a mini version, because I did, I did have water. You know, I had water in a tent, 
So I wasn't all naked in the woods by myself with no water. So I was on a mini version. And uh, it, we were on a no brain diet. So like no left brain, like just be, don't read anything. Don't, don't do math. Don't, you know, just don't look at anything like that. Just like be with yourself, be your body. So at the end of the first day, I had already built a medicine wheel and cleaned my campsite and set everything up and done all this st like extra work and I was bored. <laughs> so I went on this rock and I started singing a song that I thought, well, there's nothing else to do. So I'll go sing. I'll practice my healing songs. So I went up in this rock and I started singing a uh, Icaro, which is a, a medicine song from the jungle. And it calls in support, calling in, you know, the trees and the mountains and calling in, you know, all these different allies. And then I got this inner giggle and I said, I got in my mind, I'm going to call in hummingbird. So then I sang in hummingbird. And as I'm singing in the medicine of hummingbird, calling it in, this hummingbird flies out of nowhere, out of the woods. And right in front of me, like six feet from my third eye and hovers there, like, like a foot from my third eye, hovers in the air, level with me and looks at me, wow. faces me. And I was like, whoa, like, and it stayed there. And then finally I looked at it and I said, you came when I called and it nodded and it went away. <laughs> now, that's crazy, right? Like I was totally sober. I haven't had any drugs or anything. I'm, I've only been in the woods one day, you know, like I'm still rational. Like I still have my left brain fully intact in here. And here it comes out of the woods. How, how do you explain that? You can't. That's the point, isn't it? Perfect note experience. <laughs> so I just accept it. I go, okay, spirit's telling me that it's always coming when I call. Hmm. Hmm. Because you're not separate. No, I didn't make it happen either. Cause I tried to make it happen then, you know, my ego tried to make it happen. Like, Oh, if I sing it again, it'll come back. That's not the point. No, that's a really good point because we all fall into that trap at some point. You think you can do it again. Like your ego gets a hold of it and goes, wow, that was cool. I want to force that to happen again. No, that's not going. To, it's not repeatable. It doesn't work that way. That's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's also a reminder too that everything is fresh. Everything is present. Everything is brand new in a way I could, because I can't think of a better word, but, you know, not to go, not to try to recreate something that's happened before because everything's fresh, you know, experience something new, similar maybe, but new. Yeah. And the whole point is like, what is that experience doing for you? And for me in that moment, I was in total awe, mm. right? Mm. I was in a moment of awe, like, whoa, you know, like this hummingbird just came out of nowhere when I called it. And so I was having that moment of awe. Well, if I tried to recreate it, it would no longer be awe, would it? It would be like, oh, look at me. I can call hummingbird and it will come when I call. Mm. It's a whole different energy. It is. Right? And that's not the teaching. That's, yep. So, and I do say teaching very explicitly. You know, I, I really believe that this whole planet and this whole whatever else we're in, infinity, is learning all the time. 
And in this physical reality on earth, I believe that we are learning about this consciousness as aspects of it. And that there is this, there is this present, there is an aspect of this consciousness that is all knowing. And we are an aspect of this consciousness that are learning about the all knowing aspect or from the all knowing aspect, right? And so we are being taught constantly about this experience. So it's, um, yeah, there's like, there's lessons and we all kind of know, like, like when I shared that with you, you knew, oh yeah, that's a lesson of the ego. Like we knew it because you've had a different experience of the same thing of like trying to like make it happen again and controlling it. And that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. And holding on to that past, that historic previous experience and thinking that it's always going to be like that. Yeah, it, whereas it's different every time. Every moment is fresh. And I think the more we learn to embrace the spiritual part of us or the non-physical part of us, the more we are comfortable sitting in the unknown, which is just so important to, um, to, to one, be whole as a whole being life experience, but also just to survive today's up, down, roundabout, twist you inside out kind of world, you know, like none of us know what the next day is going to hold. And so we have to be willing to sit in the unknown and not hold on to a past experience as something that that's how it's going to feel, be or do every time it happens again. Yeah. And there's a, and that produces a lot of experience, like inner experience, like stress and anxiety and and uh, you know depression and frustration and anger, anger you yeah. know and maybe you'd be on the other side maybe you'd be joyful but like maybe you really like the peace of not having to commute to work anymore and it's like wow I can work at home this is great you know or so we all having an experience in multiple and the experience is undulating so it's always yes. changing and so we're just, and this is really the, uh, the entry of the divine feminine. You know, we're, we're, we're moving in, we're moving out of the masculine mind into the feminine heart. And so we're reawakening this thing that we've been ignoring, you know, cause we are only paying attention, like from the throat up, yes. you know, like, so we haven't been paying attention to the rest of our body. The feminine's coming in now to like, wake us up to like, Hey, there's limbs and knowledge and wisdom and receptivity, like all the way down from the neck to the toes. And we're going to tune into that now. And we're going to turn off the head a little bit, like just, you know, <laughs> pat it a little while and say, thank Calm you. Down. And then like, yeah, like, shh, 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 <laughs> you know, so, so we're getting like, we're getting a shush in the brain, but we're getting awakening on, on all this other stuff that we've been ignoring and that can be really uncomfortable for people who are really uncomfortable with their emotions and their feelings. Mm. So it's super provocative. Mm. So I wonder, um, I could keep going down that path, but I had planned to read a little bit about your book because I'd like people to know about your book, um, The Second Wave. So... I just, and, and it, it fits in perfectly to um, something you just said a little bit before we got into speaking about being comfortable with the unknown. You said when the ego gets involved and we can, um, you know, we think that we can recreate the experience and just 
before we hopped on Zoom, I was just having a breakfast conversation with my husband and a friend. And we were talking about the guru effect. You know, if someone tells you that they're more evolved than you are, run for the hills. And um, so I want to read this section of a book of your book. It'll take just a couple of moments. And then we can talk about the guru effect. Um, so the why earth-based spirituality is a powerful uniting path. And so straight from your book, in Kerry's words, in other words, <laughs> I sat in the church at the funeral for my husband's friend and I was resonating with the messages being conveyed by the pastor until he said, I am your connection to God. No, wrong. Each human is a physical manifestation of a multidimensional spiritual being that is connected directly to the oneness we call God. There is no intermediary necessary between a person and the great spirit. In fact, having an intermediary is what distorts a person's spiritual connection. The belief that a person needs someone outside of themselves to connect them to what they already are is preposterous. And the outright guidance by religious institutions and texts to ignore your own intuition as somehow prone to evil has disempowered people from accessing their own direct connection to the great spirit. Quite simply, whether you are a guru or a pastor, you are in egoic attachment to your self-importance whenever you convey any message that a person needs you to access God. A large part of the suffering of humankind is arguing over whose interpretation and path to God is right. This is like the flowers arguing with the deer over who has more right to be on the planet. It's ridiculous and it's dangerous. Dangerous because humans have something called free will, which means they can directly disobey guidance from the oneness of the great spirit and create separation. Dangerous because of religious systems that instruct people that they are forbidden to know their own truth and must rely on and be loyal to the political structure of a church, else be cast out. We have all of human history to see the result of thinking one path to the great spirit is better than another. We've bred generations of people who are terrified to go direct to God as if the great spirit would ever allow anything to interfere with the sincere desire of a person to know their own truth in love. So I chose that excerpt because I really loved it and I really loved that you were explicitly saying, you know, that's such a big problem. Um, and, you know, we've, we've covered so many parts of that little paragraph already in our conversation this morning. You know, we think we're separate, but we're not actually separate. And we've got these people telling us that you can only go this way to find connection and you need us. And, yeah, it's complete and utter non-truth. Yeah, it's not true. I will say that it gets tricky. So for on behalf of the gurus and the priests and the pastors and all the people that feel called, I understand that calling because, of course, I'm called. You know, I call myself a soul guide. That is the name I was given when I asked, like, what's, what am I actually doing? But it's, it is a tricky path. When you step in to mentor, you step in to help guide, 
it, it is, you have to be so mindful of your egoic attachment and you, you know, this isn't about like handing them your answers because your answers are not their answers. And that's the thing that we get, you know, tripped up on as we're learning to walk this path of guide is that we, we think, oh, well, I found, and I have fallen into this path. That's how I know, <laughs> you know, is that you think, oh, well, I found the solution. So now I'm going to share it. So I'll share a little brief story about this um, again with my dad. So um, I studied energy medicine and I went to the four winds and I, I got my certification and I was like, I was just so ecstatic about the relief that I personally experienced from healing. Okay. From shamanic healing. It was like, whoa, like I spent two decades in psychotherapy and like just struggling every single week to solve one little problem, get some traction. And then all of a sudden I find this shamanic healing and 45 minutes later, I feel better. I'm like, what is up with this? You know, this is like magic, you know? So I was like, I'm doing that. So then I was convinced it would work for everybody. I was like, this is the way, you know? So my dad ended up getting, um, this, uh, really, um, incurable or uh, leukemia or whatever. And like the, it was in stasis. So it wasn't going anywhere, but it was like this thing that could kill you if it decided to like immediately. Right. And we're all really, really worried. And so my dad was planning is like his approach. What am I, how do I want to handle this? And what am I going to do? And the whole time he's doing that and he's starting to lean towards like this Western model and this chemotherapy and all of this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what it is. You know? And I was just so upset and that really caused some friction. And I felt like they were judging me for my energy medicine and they weren't really validating, like, look how much better I am. I'm, I'm getting so much healthier and you're not even seeing me and all this whole argument started. And so I took a break. I was like, well, whatever. And I knew it was an issue. So I went to my spiritual mentor and I said, man, this is what's going on. And so that day, the group went to the mall. Now, shopping malls do not seem like you find God there, at least not to me. But we went to the mall to find God, great spirit, you know. And, and so we entered the doors and we asked a question. And I said, I don't know why I'm having all these problems with my parents and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and I want more clients and all this kind of stuff. And then you're supposed to wander around to find a place to sit and wait for the answer. So I wandered around and I found this place to sit. And I waited and, and I was like, well, I don't know if it's going to be a bolt of lightning or, you know, what's going to happen. And so I just start, I start noticing. So I'm looking at this couple and they've got a lot of bags, but they're like, they look kind of unhappy. And I was like, man, they really look like they could use some energy medicine. Cause I, I detect that they have some greed, you know? So I think they could really use this energy medicine. And then, and then somebody else walked by and he was really kind of, he was a little overweight and I was like, oh man, he's just trying to eat, you know, he's trying to fill up with, and get love from all that food, man. I think that he, he needs some energy medicine, you know? And then so, and the five, it took a few more times for me to get it. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> I'm totally judging all these people. I think that they need something like I'm spotting deficiencies in everybody I see. And then thinking that my energy medicine could really rescue them from their problems. And I was like, Whoa, that's a, so I, I went inside and then I looked at my mom and my dad and I saw, oh, shoot, they're not judging me. Maybe they are, but I'm more judging them. Whoa. So that night after the thing, I went straight to my mom and dad's house. And you know what? I just sat there. I sat there and I listened. And my, it's about 30 minutes later, my dad goes, I just noticed something. I was like, okay. 
what? And he's like, you're listening. <clears throat> he said, you know what? You're a good leader. I see you. you're a strong leader, powerful leader. But in my life, I need you to follow. And that lesson was, it was so powerful for me. That's the role I play with every single person in my life. Any person I help, any, my kids, my husband, my friends, these podcasts, anywhere. I am not here to lead your life. I am just here to listen and, and help you find your way. You know, maybe something I say about my life really inspires you and you go, you know what, that thing I'm going to do. Like, but that's not for me to decide. I just share. That's it. I share and I listen. It's so simple, but we really mess it up when we try to like give somebody a rule book. That's why <laughs> I'll tell you, like last week I had this, I had a really deep meditation and I was listening to Great Spirit and Great Spirit said, Carrie, how good did it work to give people a book about how to connect with God and how to be spiritual and how to, did it work out really well? And I was like, um, it caused a lot of fights, you know, <laughs> like it caused a huge amount of fights because it's not about like one size fits all. It, it, it's not like that. We each have a unique, totally personal experience of the creator in our bodies right now. It's like no other person. And there's points of commonality, but th that's it. There's just points of, there's like little points of overlap that you can connect with each other and go, whoa, that cool thing happened. And another person says, yeah, that cool thing happened to me too. And then there's like a bonding and you feel happy, but don't like form a whole church on that. Like we're all different. We're meant to be different. But we are all connected. There's the commonality. Totally. Hmm. We're all made of earth. If you want a connection that's the same, we're all made of earth. So we can just start. That's why I like earth-based spirituality because it's like we can't deny that. It's the truth. We're all made of earth, and that's how we're connected. Mm. Yeah, and there's just so many people who will tell you, you know, uh, oh, just that whole concept of being more evolved or more able to show you how it's done and so on. Yeah, run a mile. Go find it yourself. <laughs> But don't you know, be afraid to ask for help. I, I don't mean that. I just mean don't put someone on a pedestal and say, I hope I turn out like that. Well, and, you know, and I have a message for all the people who consider themselves to be light workers. you know, just a little encouragement. Don't silo either because, mm, mm. you know, if you're just like, I can only listen to a C note and if it's a C sharp, ow, like get out of my space. That is you, actually. That's not the other person in their C sharp bothering you. It's actually you in your C and siloing in the C that says, I can't handle a C sharp. Meanwhile, there's like an entire keyboard of octaves and notes, and that's just the piano. And then there's trumpets and flutes and, you know, so like if you're so like siloed that you can only handle existing in the C note, this is an example, then you're actually only letting in a very narrow slice about what is offered here in this earthly existence. And if you're judging the rest of it as like bad because it doesn't fit into your C note, that's a problem that that's actually your issue 
that's not the universal symphony's issue. Mm. <laughs> the symphony is happening. Mm. And you can enjoy the whole symphony if you can just open up to receive it and be with whatever discomfort arises. That's called expanding your capacity. Mm. So I, you know, I was very strongly, because I was so super judgmental, <laughs> like about toxic people yes. and ignorant people, low vibration people, and all the, in the so, like, that is so judgmental and so, like, so untrue, too, because each one of us is just, we're just, we're, hey, like, have some humanity. Like, you're in a body. It farts, it burps, it, it, you know, like your shit stinks, you know? So just like realize that you're in a human vessel. It's messy, sometimes disgusting, stinky, and uncomfortable. And it's a blessing. It's a complete blessing. And that is when you finally, I think that's the real awake, the most biggest awakening I've had yet is the realization that I'm not here to ascend out of humanity. Mm. I'm not here to ascend so that I can escape my body and be completely out of humanity and be like in the clouds while walking around in this mm. physical form that I can ignore basically while I embrace my ascended mastering. Mm. No, I'm the, the greatest awakening I've had is that this body this humanity is the gift. Mm. This is the greatest gift mm. right here. Mm. Divinity in a body down to the toenails with the stinky farts and everything else. This is the gift. Mm. And the way, the expression, the gift and the expression. Mm. Sorry, I'm not speaking the words. Expression of love, you know, the expression of divinity, the expression of the harmony, the expression of the synchronicity. Yeah. And just like the way that, like, not avoiding, like embracing, I'll just say it in the positive, like embracing anger, embracing grief, really feeling it all the way through me and breathing, that has opened up so much access to greater love, like so much love pouring through my whole being and emanating from my heart and all through like my entire auric field that it's so intoxicating. Mm. So then I just like embrace that next wave of like emotion that wants to come out and, and then I, I, and I don't have to know, like, it's not important for me to know, okay, well, let me now left brain this and like write a manual about how to, you know, step one, fill or, your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even <laughs> to like extra overanalyze where the anger come from and pinpoint it to that moment in that childhood experience or that past life experience or whatever we don't need to know or we need to in my opinion anyway <laughs> it'll be interesting to hear yours but it, by embracing it it doesn't it doesn't so matter where it came from but the embracing brings it back into unity and releases the resistance it does i mean and you know what if you're into the story 
embrace the story. You know, if that's what gets you all excited about feeling it is that you want to know like the story of it and where it came from. And, and that's what lets you immerse in the experience and really open it up and unlock it. Then go for it, man. Like pursue the story. It's cool. And then at some point you'll realize maybe, maybe you won't, maybe it's only my path, but I, I came to this because I was totally into the story and I came to this point where I was like, wow, that's really cool. But now I don't really need it. It's just a, it's a, it's a lot of energy. It's just energy. And I actually think that if I tried to analyze it, it would, it would take me way longer than the number of years I have left on earth because <laughs> there's that many experiences to assimilate. I'll think of all the lifetimes it probably had. I, 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 I don't even know, like thousands. I'm not sure, you know, so many. So if I have all these lifetimes and all these moments that want to be integrated and assimilated, you know, then I'm just going to savor them as they arise, you know, and then if there's a whole clump that needs to go at the same time, then I'm just going to let it like shake through my body and be gone. And I never will remember what that was. And that's okay. Just Mm -hmm. let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think we try to clutch all of this. I mean, I know as a mother, I try to clutch like these sacred moments to my chest, to my heart with my children, like this just like snapping pictures of it to capture it and like and then going in my mind and trying to remember exactly how it felt to to nurse my baby or you know all these things and man this process has been about releasing it because I realized that holding on to all that is like it actually just makes it so much more challenging for my 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 son to turn 21 in like a few weeks you know like He's like, mom, you're still like holding on to me as a baby. I can feel it, you know? So like embrace what's here right now. Mm. The beautiful young man into his power. Mm. This is really like, it's the work because we get so attached to these. Gosh, you know, I, I was nervous when I started this work because I started having memories about past lives where I was like burned at the stake and, you know, head chopped off or tortured or stuff like that for bringing this wisdom, you know? And so I was really uncomfortable with like coming out and all this. And one day I remember I had this big healing and I, I called on Jesus and I was like, Jesus, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Like, I really like this life. And what the message I heard was you've loved every single life. You've loved every single one of them. And if you lose this one, you'll get another. So just enjoy it while it lasts and don't worry about it so much. Don't like worry about protecting it so much. Honor it. But you'll, if, it, if it ends through whatever means and you get burned at the stake again or whatever, you'll get another life. We'll try again. It's okay. So that was just so, you know, is it felt really true to me. I know I've loved every single life. Like I really love this one right now, even all of its dark, scary moments that have been super challenging. And even though I wanted to, to get out and escape and suicide crossed my mind many times, but I still love it. Hmm. Well, I think that's a really great moment to, um, I feel like I don't want to stop talking to you, but I know we need to because of time and you know, and that concept of embracing our life and being fully present and loving it just the way it is, is the perfect final thought to leave pondering over in our minds until we have another conversation. So, and we're just getting started anyway. We're at the beginning of the, of the second wave. So 
you know, there's lots more conversations to be had and right. discoveries to be made, right? Yeah, yep. And haven't had we had a lovely time this morning. So I just want um, to I'll I'll put the link to your book, of course, in the show notes page that goes with this podcast. But for those that are listening and um, right now want to know, uh, the book that I read from was The Second Wave: Transcending the Human Drama by Kerry Hummingbird. And Kerry, we've had a lovely conversation with you this morning. Thank you very much for just having a bouncy, roundy conversation that went up and down and in and out and around and around. We had such a lovely time. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of the More Love podcast. You can find the show notes and the links to Kerry's book and uh, some of her resources. She has many. She shares generously uh, on the show notes page. It is at livetruetoyou.com and then follow the links to the More Love podcast. You can also find some resources and links through to the podcast on my social media channels, which are the handles are at live true to you with heart. And um, until we speak again and we share another wonderful conversation, thank you for joining me.